0: phil and i'm here with my co-host and producer uh tammy and uh together we're the hosts of the homicide canada podcast uh this is our november homicide episode uh basically where we go over the homicides that occurred in canada in november of 2022 uh i forget what episode number is this 33 or
1: uh i think it's 30
0: 32. 32. Okay, yeah. So this is our 32nd episode. Um, yeah, usually we're doing um, monthly episodes uh, where we go over like the stats and that and then the homicides that happened. Uh, and occasionally we'll do a special one. Um, yeah. And so obviously, besides the podcast, we have a website, uh, homicidecanada.com. And basically, what we try to do is track every homicide that occurs in Canada uh, and have like a page for each one. Uh, we're also on social media. Uh, so Twitter, I think, uh, homicide, uh, underscore Canada. Um, you can DM us too, if you need to, uh, also Facebook and Instagram, I think probably the easiest is to just to go to the sites and then just search homicide Canada and it should pop up. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get into some of the stats for, uh, last month. Um, okay. So year to date Canada homicides. I calculated this today. Um, so what we've counted, we've counted 684 homicides so far this year, um, and of, for the gender that we know, uh, male is 491 uh, versus female 147 homicides, uh, and so that projects out to the, the for the full year at 719. Uh, that compares to 788 uh, from StatsCan last year in 2021. Uh, usually our number is, uh, lower than the stats can, especially at this time of the year too, because, um, oftentimes there'll be murders that's, uh, happened in, and we won't know about it for sometimes months later in that. So yeah, the number is always increasing. Uh, there's a few, yeah, like some smaller places we just don't get. If you see a homicide, um, that we've missed, uh, let us know and we'll definitely add it. Um, okay. And so, The homicide rate per year, that projects out to 1.88. Okay, I got some other stats here, too, uh, for the country. Uh, Let's see here. So I have some annualized murder rates per 100,000 for all the provinces. So uh, Manitoba is in first place with 6.82, and Saskatchewan is in second with 5.29. That's interesting because usually, um, well, last year Saskatchewan was in first place, if I recall, but, but usually, and Manitoba in second, but most years in the last, I don't know how long, I should probably track, but it's usually Manitoba. So Manitoba is back to their position usually. Uh, British Columbia at 2.69 is in third, uh, then fourth, Alberta, 2.52, uh, then New Brunswick, 1.76, Ontario, 1.59, uh, Nova Scotia, at 1.52, Quebec, 0.78, Newfoundland, at 0.41, and Prince Edward Island is at zero because they've had no homicides yet this year. Obviously, it's pretty small. Um, Let's see here. Okay, and then we also have uh, the annualized murder rates so far this year for um, uh, Canadian municipalities uh, per hundred thousand. So this is just some kind of a selection of some of the bigger ones. Uh, So Winnipeg at 7.16 is way ahead of Regina at 3.72 in second. Uh, Edmonton is 3.12 in third, uh, Toronto 2.52 in fourth, Halifax uh, 2.15 in fifth, uh, Montreal 2.09 in sixth, Vancouver 2.06 in seventh, uh, Mississauga 2.05 in eighth, uh, Brampton 1.92 in ninth, uh, Calgary 1.85 in tenth, uh, Ottawa in, uh, Ottawa with 1.65 in eleventh, and then Ham. Hamilton with only 0.92 this year, which is a little weird because uh, last year Hamilton had 19 homicides, and I think this year they only have five. Uh, Yeah. And and I think, okay, I'm going to say, because I'm a bit of a stats nerd. I don't know if you've been listening to our podcast, (laughs) but I really like the stats more than than some of the individual stuff. But so as I said earlier, so the provincial numbers was 6.82 for Manitoba per 100,000, and then Saskatchewan, 5.29. 5.29 um, But then for the cities it's 7.16 uh, for Win- Winnipeg and Regina second 3.72. So I guess what I find a little interesting about that is, is that so for Winnipeg, which is a pretty big chunk of Manitoba's population, um, it's a little ahead of, of, of overall Manitoba, which means kind of the the, the non Manitoba or Winnipeg areas probably have a slightly lower rate than Winnipeg. But when you look at uh, Regina, I think that's uh, 3.72 versus 5.29. And I think – I don't have the, my, the numbers handy here, but I think Saskatch- or Saskatoon has uh, a pretty similar number. Um, that means that, like, the cities, the big cities in Saskatchewan have actually a way lower number than the, the rest of the province. So anyways, I just saw that today, and I thought that was kind of interesting, so. All right, um, what else we got? Okay, yeah, we got our email address. I think we're info at homicidecanada.com. You can hit us if we've missed a murder or you don't want to tell us anything else. Uh, also, uh, if you go to the site, we have like pages for each province. so it will list all the homicides we've found in each province, and then if you follow the links, it will, it will send you to each homicide uh and then we also have some for some of the municipalities some of the bigger places than that. We have a, a page like Toronto and, and Calgary, uh, Vancouver, Montreal, and a whole bunch of other ones. So yeah, you can check that out.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I just looked up Regina and right now. They they have 8. Which is half of what they had last year even. Really? Okay. Yeah, so Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So
0: maybe it's just a kind of yeah, maybe it's just kind of an anomaly. So it's not that populous a province, but yeah.
1: Okay, the November homicide stats, there were 50 homicides in 2022 versus 50 last year, so the same. Yeah. For now. Um, There were 11 female victims, 35 males, and four that are still unknown. Yeah, that's pretty...
0: Yeah, pretty pretty similar number. I think, like, um, that's not the... Like, 50 isn't the highest we've seen per month this year, I guess. So, So, yeah, so I guess... November's like I don't know. The weather's getting worse. I think you know. I don't it's know. It's a if little that, colder. <laughs> yeah, I think that might contribute a little bit, a little less. Kind of people are out less. Maybe like some of the more um, sort of like homicides that occur when people are out and about and that are happening less. I don't know. That's that's my theory. Uh, okay. Uh, now we'll get into the this like when we do these monthly podcasts, we'll go through. We always go through the youngest and oldest victims. Uh, the oldest victim uh, was in Kingston, Ontario, uh, where police charged Daniel Burnt uh, in relation to the homicide of 88-year-old uh, Zara Burnt. Um, Kingston police announced that a homicide investigation has been launched after the body of 88-year-old Jazera Burnt was located at a residential property in the 2100 block of McKendry Road, where he lived alone on uh, November 15th. Uh, and then there was an update on the November 20th, um, I guess, on November 17th, police executed a search warrant on the residence of a male in the 300 block of Front Street in Belleville, Ontario, where they arrested 55-year-old Daniel Burnt and charged him with the following uh, second-degree murder, uh, carrying a weapon during the commission of an offense and breach of uh, probation, Um we have uh, a photo on our website, and yeah, if anyone with information is asked to please contact Detective Jamie Graham at uh, 613-549-4660, uh, extension 6311. Uh, so they have the, the, the same last name, so yeah. is it, do we know for sure it's like a child then?
1: Uh, We don't know, like okay. I guess it could be a child, yeah. a nephew, it a, could be, yeah, or a sibling, I don't know. My brothers and I are pretty spread out. Yeah, okay. So we,
0: we <laughs> don't uh, we don't know then. Uh, no. Okay, so. And then the youngest was uh, an 8-year-old eight girl, eight girl in Oshawa, Ontario. Uh, Durham Region Police responded to a residential home on Winford Place for a 911 call and located two deceased parties in the home on November 12th at approximately 8 a.m., uh, the identity, an identity of the victims, a 30-year-old male and his eight-year-old daughter, uh, have not been released at the family's request. Uh, investigators say the evidence points to this being a murder-suicide with no outstanding suspects. Um, any information regarding the incident can be forwarded to Detective Acetone of the DRPS Homicide Unit at 1-888-579-1520, extension 5247. Um, uh, yeah, that's obviously a very sad case. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, like, for us for homicide Canada, you know, we try to have as much information as possible. Um, in some ways, the name, like, I, like as long if I get the ge- we get the gender and the and the ages, then at least that's good for kind of statistical purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, um, and I can understand some of the family not wanting to release it. But at at the end of the day, like this this guy murdered his child and that, and like yeah. you know, I don't know, like. I don't know if he does deserves not to to have his privacy respected I'm not I like it's it, it's like kind of a bit of a conundrum because like obviously um you know the family would prefer uh that that's that, like this isn't out there but like I don't know what yeah. where is the right the public has to know and also like you know like uh, obviously like you know he committed a terrible crime then I don't know should he should that not be known I don't know it's yeah it, it happens do, a lot it I does b- yeah
1: I guess that's where we differ from America because they They tell everything. They would tell everything.
0: So, yeah, it's true. Uh, Okay, so we'll go over the the numbers uh, by province uh, right now. Um, So Ontario, uh, the most populous province, uh, led with 17. Uh, Homicides, B.C. was in second with 11. Uh, Saskatchewan third with six. Uh, Alberta, five or – uh, rather, Alberta had five homicides in fourth place, and then Manitoba in fifth place had four homicides. Uh, then, I guess, tied for six, New Brunswick and Quebec had three hom- homicides apiece. Uh, Nova Scotia had a single homicide, and then I guess uh, PEI, uh, Newfoundland, uh, Nunavut, uh, the Yukon, and I guess the Northwest Territories had no homicides. Yep. Okay.
1: So the cities with more than one homicide, Toronto had five, Vancouver had three, which is kind of high for Vancouver to have three in a month yeah. lately. Um, Winnipeg had three, Chilliwack had two, Coquitlam had two, Edmonton had two, Montreal had two, Saskatoon had two, and Thunder Bay had two.
0: Uh, were any of these, do you happen to remember if there were any double homicides? or?
1: I don't think There were, which is kind of funny because like
0: the last few months there was a lot of double homicides. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: think it's been like three months of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Murders by type: there were 15 shootings, six stabbings, four others, and 25 unknown.
0: Okay, so yeah, the ones we know, obviously, yeah, more shootings than that, but yeah, uh, yeah. still the police, yeah, they're not if they don't have to, they don't really release. uh,
1: no,
0: <laughs> what happened in that? Okay, um, all right. Now we're on the podcast, the podcast part, uh, where we're going to discuss some of the more noteworthy uh, November murders. Um, so, okay, uh, here's one in Hamilton. Uh, two youths and two adults were charged the Hamilton homicide of Daniel Strauss on Ferguson Avenue, North. Um, Hamilton police were called at one ninety five Ferguson Avenue North in Hamilton. For- Uh, for reports of a deceased woman who was found in her apartment. Uh, Police believe the victim died late Sunday, November 6th, or early Monday, November 7th. Uh, Police said the victim was located by her superintendent during a pest control check. The cause of death is not being released as it remains evidence. Uh, The suspects were described as two white 16-year-old males, uh, one white 14-year-old female and one black 14-year-old female. uh, On... November 29th, Hamilton police uh, arrested a 15-year-old female and a 16-year-old male. Uh, Both were charged with second-degree murder in relation to the homicide of Daniel Strauss. Uh, Given the age of the suspects and the fact the case is before the courts, uh, additional information will not be released. Uh, On December 6th, Hamilton police charged a 40-year-old female with accessory after the fact uh, of murder in relation to the homicide. Uh, the mother is the wa- uh, the woman is the mother of the wanted 16-year-old. Uh, police allege she helped her son escape the country. <laughs> uh, police believe the wanted teen traveled to the Czech Republic sometime after the November 7th homicide. Uh, the Youth Criminal Justice Act prohibits the investigators from leasing the most recently accused identities, as they may lead to the identity of one of the youths charged with second-degree murder. Uh, the accused made a brief court appearance in the morning of... Uh, December 7th, the John Sapinka Courthouse in downtown Hamilton. Uh, on uh, December 7th, police arrested a 42 year old female in connection with the murder. Um, the 42 year old me- female was charged with accessory after the fact of murder in relation to the Strath homicide. And the charges related to the 16 year old male that's currently in custody. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a sad case. I think that, uh, like she lived in sort of kind of assisted housing yeah. in Hamilton and that. So kind of a, uh, um, yeah, kind of a public housing project in that. And, um, I guess from what I read that, the the neighbors said that they sort of like before the murder that the, there was like these kids, we assume it was them were like, kind of like, I don't know how you describe it. Like sort of like
1: hanging hanging and, around
0: her apartment and which I guess it's kind of strange it's kind of strange yeah because I think how old how old was Strauss she was what 38? 38 38 yeah. yeah so
1: but then I thought maybe like maybe she's friends with those kids yeah. parents and maybe those kids are I don't know in trouble maybe they, they also live it, in
0: the building I don't know but yeah. I also got the sense that from my I think what I read oh well there's a spectator article and that was said the neighbors complaining and I guess that it seemed like they, they like they weren't the kids weren't part of, the, of the, the complex. but
1: Yeah, and one of the neighbors said that it was like the kids were taking over the apartment yeah. or something.
0: So, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, when they, I remember as the case was going on in that, when they first, I guess they first found it, and then you could tell they kind of had some suspects, and they sort of, they didn't say their names, they just sort of described their eight names and ages and that. But what's a little surprising is, is that sometimes the police will actually say a young offender's name. Yeah. If they're, um, if they they think they're a danger to the public, or, or like, obviously they'll say the name um, to the public until they're arrested, then they stop saying yeah, it. Yeah, and then you have to take it. And what's interesting here is that they never said any names, mm-hmm. and one escaped to the Czech Republic. So it makes you wonder if, yeah, like I don't, well, I guess basically I am being the Monday morning quarterback for <laughs> against the police here and that, but yeah, you wonder if this should be like, the, like I don't know. I think at the end of the day, like if it's a homicide charge, you know. Like you probably and there people are potentially on the loose, and I think yeah. probably it almost should become a standard to, to say the names because, like,
1: you think, like, because, yeah, because, like, sense. you know,
0: like in this case, this person escaped, so yeah, like, probably they'll find them, but you know, because they're 16 years old, I don't know how many resources they have in that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's and there's it's been a little while now, and they still haven't found the person, so
1: yeah, this is this isn't the first time that. Someone who's been accused of murder in Hamilton has escaped to the Czech Republic. Yeah, right? like
0: yeah, that was that that murder down in kind of the East Industrial yeah, like Zone in that Stony so Creek area. Yeah. yeah, crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, it is pretty weird. Um, yeah.
1: All right. The next one here: Halton homicide detectives investigate the bot a body found in a burnt out vehicle in Burlington. Halton Police and Fire Services responded to a viol- a vehicle fire in the area of 5463 Dundas Street west of Tremaine Road on November 27th at approximately 3.30 in the morning. When the fire was extinguished, the body of a deceased person was located inside the vehicle. Halton police said the circumstances are suspicious and the homicide unit had taken over the investigation. Uh, Police were asking anyone who traveled the area of Dundas Street between Brawny Road and Appleby Line and may have dash cam footage from November 27th between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. within the following areas of Highway 407 North, Appleby Line West, Brawny Road East, QEW 403 South. So on December 6th, Halton police revealed the victim's identity as 31-year-old Jerwin Belmonte of Edmonton. Police said the manner of his death is a homicide. However, the cause of death has not been released. Belmonte had recently located to Toronto and was last seen alive in the area of Yonge Street and Shepherd Avenue East in Toronto on the 26th of November. Anyone with information about this incident is asked to call the homicide tip line at 905-825-4776. Yeah, so that one's kind of... I don't know. There's been a lot of vehicle fires with bodies found lately.
0: It does seem that way. I guess, obviously, like, you know, if you... Managed to burn up the car and that you're getting rid of a lot of evidence and that, yeah. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, and Burlington obviously, like obviously, has a little bit more affluent community in, in southern Ontario and that, so it um, makes you wonder. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So, uh, a B.C. killing. Uh. 18-year-old uh, Meha, uh. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh. Maha Sethi, uh, was fatally stabbed outside a. St- Surrey School. Uh, Surrey RCMP responded to the report of a stabbing in the school parking lot uh, located in the 12600 block of 66th Avenue on November 22nd at 12.08 p.m. Uh, On arrival, police located an 18-year-old male suffering from serious injuries. Uh, Despite life-saving efforts from police and paramedics, the victim was pronounced deceased at the hospital. Uh, police have arrested one possible 17-year-old suspect. Uh, no charges have been laid at this time. Uh, the investigation is ongoing, and the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has been called to be working in partnership with the Surrey RCMP. Um, so, yeah, on November 24th, the victim was identified as 18-year-old Meha, Meha Kaprit Sethi of Surrey. Um, investigators say it was an isolated incident is not believed to be associated to the lower mainland, mainland gun gang conflict. So, yeah, it could be just sort of like a high school
1: yeah. tiff,
0: I guess. But, yeah, obviously, it's always sad when there's like a, a you know school-related related death.
1: Yeah, I and also, I feel like there's been a lot more of those. I don't remember that happening when I was no, in high school. No, it's true,
0: definitely, yeah. Because there was one, I guess, fairly recently in Toronto, too, yeah. I guess. So, yeah.
1: Justin Barrow has been charged with the murder of missing man Max Boudreaux in... Moncton. On November 22nd, police located a body in the wooden area off of Paris Boulevard in Irish Town near Moncton. The victim was identified as 24-year-old Max Boudreau who was reported missing on November 15th. The cause of death has not been released. Um, As a result of the investigation, police arrested Justin Barrow, 42, uh, and he has been charged with first-degree murder. Anyone with information that could help further the investigation is asked to call the New Brunswick RCMP at one 506
0: 7267 So, yeah, I guess we, d- we d- this is pretty much all we know about the case then? or
1: Yeah, like, it's kind of weird, but...
0: Uh, like, one thing that was interesting, it seemed like, from our webpage and that is, like, people and social media, people seem to be really interested in this case, so... Yeah. I don't know, like, obviously... Like the
1: age difference is kind of...
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, yeah, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, people, like, uh, people seem to really want to know what was going on here and that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we don't have a lot of info.
1: Nope.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, so RCMP uh, investigated murder-suicide at Ocean Center Mall in Prince Rupert, British Columbia. Uh, Prince Rupert RCMP said a 44-year-old man entered the mall in the 200 block of 3rd Avenue West with a firearm on November 21st at approximately 8.30 a.m., uh, the male shot a 52-year-old female and then turned the gun on himself. Uh, the victim, w- female victim was pronounced deceased on scene, and the man was rushed to the local homicide where he died of his injuries. Uh, RCMP said the victim and the assailant were known to each other, and preliminary findings found that the incident was isolated. And there are no outstanding suspects at this time. Um, the RCMP is still seeking any potential witnesses to help with the investigation. If you have information to provide please contact the rcp at 250-624-2136. So yeah, another murder suicide. Yeah, uh, at
1: a mall. At
0: a mall. Yeah. Early
1: in the morning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, at 8:30. Yeah, I guess we should probably try to I don't know, maybe for like a year end when we do a year end episode, so yeah, we should probably like track how many murder suicides happen in Canada. Yeah, so. there
1: was another one at a mall in maybe Richmond not too long ago.
0: Oh, in BC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: A 15-year-old boy was arrested in relation to the death of an 11-year-old Thomas Hatchie who was struck in the face with a kick scooter in Chippegan, New Brunswick. So I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right, but Lameque RCMP responded to the report of an assault with a weapon outside a residence in Chipagan on November 3rd. Police and paramedics located an 11-year-old Thomas Hatchie who had been struck in the face with a kick scooter by a 15-year-old boy. Thomas was transported to hospital where he died of his injuries on November 5th. On November 7th, police arrested the 15-year-old in connection with the investigation. He's set to be released from custody and is scheduled to appear in Bathurst Provincial Court on January 26th. So he hasn't been formally charged, I guess. Really? But he's been arrested.
0: Huh.
1: So I wonder, like, if that's going to end up being a manslaughter charge, because I'm sure he didn't intend to kill Yeah, him.
0: like, I think that's, like, more <laughs> likely, yeah, definitely likely. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's interesting, like, you know, you, it was very rare, I think, in Canada up to like, recently, that there would be a murder or a manslaughter charge where someone would get bail. Yeah. Uh, or, or, well, this case is strange, because I don't, I don't know exactly what happened here, but um,
1: yeah, like, did they get yeah. a fight and he whipped his skin yeah? I don't know, maybe the
0: they, ugh, maybe they're saying it's more self-defense or something. Although, admittedly, like a 15-year-old and 11-year-old. Uh,
1: l- yeah, usually the 15-year-old's yeah. going to be much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: So yeah, it's uh, obviously a pretty sad case, and uh, yeah. yeah, I guess we'll follow up and see what happens in the end. Um. All right. So, London, Ontario police investigate the homicide of London musician Daniel Joseph Fawcett. Uh. London police responded to the report of an unresponsive man at Gibbons Park located Grosvenor Street on November 6th at approximately 7 a.m. On arrival, police and paramedics located Daniel Joseph Fawcett, 52, of London, uh, suffering from serious injuries. Uh, Despite life-saving efforts, the victim was pronounced deceased a short time later. Um, Investigators are... Interested in speaking with anyone who may have been in the 0 to 100 block of Grosner Street between 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. on Sunday, November 6th, uh, 2022. Uh, Daniel Fawcett is a well known local musician and former member of the band Helix, rock band Helix. Um, so on November 11th, London police arrested Craig Allen, 48, uh, and charged him with one count of second degree murder. Uh, Alana Labars, 40, has also been arrested and charged with one count of manslaughter. Uh, anyone with information relation to this incident is asked to call the London Police Service at, at 519-661-56670 um, i have a couple things to say about this mm-hmm. uh, one thing is, always, <laughs> is that one thing i always notice is that um, there's always a kind of a discrepancy between what what males are charged with and females are charged with and that so it's yeah. always interesting in this case uh, one person is charged with second degree murder and uh alana was charged with manslaughter um I was, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Um, if they were both involved yeah, in the Yeah, if they were both crime. involved, like I don't know, wouldn't that be kind of the same crime? Although I guess maybe... Maybe you know,
1: she got caught first and
0: pulled on him? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, hard to say. So I don't know, maybe this comes out. Uh, the second thing is, as a kid, I really liked the band Helix. I, I was
1: just going <laughs> to ask you, like I don't even think I know Helix. They
0: had a video, uh, and their big... Oh, I remember the, the video of their hit song, it was called Rock You. And I remember they used to play it on, I think it was the show oh. was, I a child, it was Toronto Rocks. It was on oh. at 5 o'clock <laughs> on City TV and that. It was kind of like a, I think I didn't have much music at the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah. they, they Your number they, one Helix fan. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I remember the video, uh, it was kind of like, uh, kind of cavemen type people, rockers in that. And huh. then, Yeah, it was kind of strange, so yeah. Um,
1: I, I'm going to look it up tonight it's, uh, Rocky <laughs> was a
0: banger I'm not going to lie um, so yeah as a kid I really liked Helix so
1: maybe that's something to add to your music trivia that yeah, you do <laughs> yeah I'm a
0: little surprised though because like this guy isn't that much older than me and I sort of remember them being older so I don't know maybe he joined Helix later um, yeah
1: when I looked him up it looked like they had revolving
0: yeah. guitarists so, so so yeah I don't know if he was a member during their heyday of Rocky so. but still sad nonetheless
1: yeah Okay, uh, Paige Theriel Fisher, 22, who was initially charged with second-degree murder, is now facing a charge of manslaughter in relation to the death of a woman in Saskatoon. Saskatoon police responded to the report of a female suffering, suffering from severe injuries at a business in the 200 block of 3rd Avenue South on November 5th at 2.41 in the morning. Police arrived to find 23-year-old Hodan Hashi with life-threatening injuries Despite life-saving efforts by the police and paramedics, the victim died of her injuries. 22-year-old Paige Therial Fisher was arrested on scene and charged with second-degree murder. However, her charge has been reduced to manslaughter. Police said the women were known to each other. Anyone with information or cell phone video believed to be relevant is asked to contact the Saskatoon Police Service.
0: So I guess this was basically a bar fight, which is like usually textbook manslaughter. I think
1: so yeah this was like this was there were fights going on on yeah. our Facebook page about this yes
0: uh, <laughs> I'm noticed and also I think Twitter too also oh. there was a lot of uh, people talking about this particular case in that um, yeah
1: because I guess at first people were saying that she she was stabbed and then someone else said it was like glass she so fell on a like glass or something or like that so like beat her with glass
0: okay yeah like maybe? yeah you used the glass as a weapon or yeah you know, so Yeah, obviously, it's unusual to see, um, yeah, two women um, with one ending up dead in, like, a bar and that bar fight. But, yeah. I'm
1: sure we'll find out more about that. I think
0: we'll probably find out more. So, yeah. So, we'll continue following this case. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, now we're going to move on to the the part of the podcast where we talk about some uh, notable updates and arrests and some of the homicides (coughs) we've covered in the past. Okay. So this is a big one. Uh, Winnipeg police charged Jeremy Anthony Michael Skibicki uh, with three additional homicides. So on May 18th, uh, 2022, the Winnipeg Police Service announced the homicide unit had arrested and charged a 35-year-old male, uh, Jeremy Anthony Michael Skibicki of Winnipeg for first-degree murder of 24-year-old Rebecca Contois of Winnipeg, who was a member of the Crane River First Nation, after her partial remains were discovered in the 200 block of Edison Avenue. uh, Police believe that there could be more victims. Uh, On December 1st, 2022, police announced that three additional victims were murdered by Jeremy Skibicki between March and May of this year, 2022 uh morgan beatrice harris uh, a 39 year old female of winnipeg and a member of the long plain first nation is believed to have been killed on or about may 1st 2022 uh myron a 26 year old female of winnipeg and a member of the long plain first nation is believed to have been killed on or about may 4th 2022 uh a fourth female victim has been confirmed but has yet to be identified she's believed to have been killed on or about march 15th 2022 um, the homicide unit and Manitoba Justice ascended Milner Ridge Correctional Center and executed a warrant charging Skibiki with three further counts of first-degree murder. Uh, investigators are seeking the public's assistance to help uh, identify this victim. Uh, police have provided a photograph of a jacket similar to the one found on the victim. Um, as a sign of respect and the request of community advocates, uh, knowledge keepers, elders, and leadership, the Winnipeg Police Service will refer to the fourth victim yet to be identified as Buffalo Woman. I guess Meshakote is Um Anyone with information about this investigation, specifically about this jacket, is asked to come homicide the Winnipeg Homicide Unit at 204-986-6508 or Crime Stoppers at 204-786-TIPS. Which is eight four seven seven, so yeah, that's um, it's a rarity. Like, uh, Skibiki is basically like like a serial killer, which yeah. is pretty rare in, in in Canada. So like four different female victims in that. That's uh, yeah, it's very unusual for here. Um,
1: yeah, he like he looks like a bad dude on Facebook. Like I've just seen yeah. his photos, and it seems like really staged and really like militia like. It's very strange. Yeah. I don't know very disturbed man
0: yeah and it, it's um yeah like he like two killings on may 1st may 4th and that um, yeah it's uh, and
1: they're all indigenous women yeah
0: so yeah it's uh it's a very interesting case I guess one thing is that all the bodies uh I guess haven't been recovered and I guess police believe some are in like the Winnipeg like a Winnipeg landfill on that and I yeah. guess there's an issue now of whether going to try to recover their bodies or not i guess initially they said they weren't i don't know what the latest on that oh, is oh geez
1: yeah, yeah i haven't heard any updates. so
0: yeah it's uh pretty sad so i forget so all four of these murders were they this year then or
1: uh yeah they were all i guess within so we've got may 18th ish may 1st may 4th march 15th yeah so he's like responsible
0: year. for like a like an Like, not a huge chunk, but at least a chunk of Winnipeg's homicides. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, so this one isn't technically a homicide, but police are asking for help in figuring this out. So, Hamilton Police homicide investigators have taken over the search for a missing woman, Emily Bailey. Hamilton Police said Emily Bailey was reported missing on January 10th after family and friends were unable to locate her. It has been reported that Emily was last seen on New Year's Eve at a party on Weir Street North. She's last seen leaving the residence sometime between between 8 a.m. and noon on January 1st before heading to a friend's place. However, police say she never made it. Um, Police said at this time, the circumstances surrounding her disappearance have indicated the possibility of foul play. As a result, the investigation has now been turned over to the homicide unit. Um, Emily Bailey is described as white, 23 years old, five foot four, weighing approximately 100 pounds. She has a slim build, shoulder-length black-brown hair with dyed blue or green highlights. Visual tattoos including an elephant on her left forearm, Batman symbol on the outside of her right forearm. And according to CBC, the homicide unit has, is being led by Detective Sergeant Sarah Beck. Hamilton police stated that Emily is a mother and her young daughters miss her greatly. Investigators believe there are individuals who have information related to Emily's disappearance and are encouraging those people to contact Detective Nessarine Shawihat at 905-546-4863. So I've read different things about this, that she was living with a guy and... Like, wouldn't he be a suspect? Yeah, you, you think
0: maybe in that, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: but nothing's been said, and, yeah. like, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, it has been some time. I <coughs> guess, obviously, uh, there's no body or anything, so, No. Yeah. I guess the one thing that can be tough about some of these cases in thats that is that... Um, I don't know like how how soon was she reported missing in that like was it the next yeah. day or like a few days later in that then cuz obviously like if you're like it's a lot easier to solve like a crime if it like you're you know you know that the homicide happened and then you know then you spend the next few days looking into it so
1: Yeah and I don't know like is Canada the same it's like other countries where you have to be missing for a certain amount of time before, like, if you're an adult, before they decide that they need to look for I don't,
0: you. I think it's case by case. Um, mm. Certainly, I think if, if 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 like I think if I were the the Bosma case in that, I believe that uh, I think they called and said that uh, Tim Bosma, now when he went away, um, like met like with his right. truck and the killers and that. I think like the police started searching right away. Uh, but yeah, I think it can be true. Like, obviously, I think from what I'm reading, uh, what I've read about Emily is that, um, yeah, she's like, obviously, um, I don't know, I think she's had a, like, I don't know how to say this, but has kind of had like a tough life in that. And so sometimes, yeah. like, I think the police and that are like, uh, I don't know, I guess no one, like, if it's not unknown for her to like, like, kind of like, disappear or not be in contact with people and that, then I think then, you know, it might yeah the police might not go, like come right away in right. that so i don't know i could be wrong about that but uh yeah so yeah and it's interesting too i think um yeah the fact that 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 she was living with somebody but um i don't know if he's like considered a suspect or not considered a suspect then um yeah but and, and i guess the thing is it's only been I don't know, when the police, when we kind of heard about it in this in the press and that, it's only been fairly recently, I guess. Yeah, where I feel
1: like it was a few months ago yeah. that it
0: all came yeah. to light. And she, so, okay, actually, sorry, I'm reading, I'm reading her copy here already, uh, or not already, but, um, so yeah, so she disappeared um, basically after New Year's. So uh, like 10 days. Yeah, and then it, she got reported missing on January 10th, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's. It uh, seems
1: like a, a long time, but yeah. I guess if you're used to. Your yeah. sibling or your child not answering your yeah. texts.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And I think we don't know. Like, Hamilton, we know there's five official homicides this year, I guess. But she hasn't yeah. been. Like, she's not counted. She's not counted, a, she's not counted yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Um, is the next one me? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, so, Toronto police made an arrest in relation to uh, two cold case homicides. Uh, I guess uh, number 28, 1983. Susan Tice, 45, and 48, uh, number 48, 1983. Aaron Gilmore, 22. Um, 22-year-old Aaron Gilmore was found dead at her Hazelton Avenue apartment in Yorkville on December 20th, 1983. Uh, Gilmore had been sexually assaulted and stabbed. She was found dead that night by a friend. Uh, in 2000, uh, DNA evidence linked Gilmore's killing, killer to another fatal stabbing. Um, that victim was 45-year-old Susan Tice. Uh, Tice was murdered at a home on Gray Street near Harbour Street uh, in the Bickford Park area on August 17th, uh, 1983. Uh, Police said she had been stabbed multiple times and was sexually assaulted. Uh, Police announced the arrest at a news conference at police headquarters on November 28th. said Joseph George Sutherland, 61, was arrested without incident by Ontario Provincial Police on November 24th in Moosonee, Ontario, which is in the far northern part of Ontario, and was brought back to Toronto the following day. Uh, police ultimately served Sutherland with a DNA warrant, and he was charged with two f- degree counts of first-degree murder. Uh, through genetic genealogy, uh, investigators were able to narrow down a, su- su- a suspect uh, family and went from there and then narrowed down on the suspect. So, yeah, that's amazing. That, yeah. Uh, obviously, I guess they must have had some DNA or some, like a sample that you know had d- DNA in it um, and it's interesting, it was in 2000, they were able to link it and I guess maybe it was, it was now, I, I assume like, obviously like with, um, you know, like ancestry.com and yeah. things like that and that, that like, you know, you can find like a relative. So they were probably able to do something like that to kind of like, um, locate a family that were related. Yeah. Like probably one member had uploaded their own DNA and then, um, yeah. And then the police were able to kind of go and, and, uh, and you know. Figure out who the family would have been where and that and uh, yeah it's uh, yeah it's it's just amazing in that like because yeah. these like ni- two cases from 1983 like that's uh, almost 40 years ago now so
1: yeah like you you hear or you could watch the videos of I think it's um uh, the younger woman what's her name uh, Aaron Gilmore Aaron Gilmore's brother talking about it and like yeah I don't know I think me like I personally would probably have lost hope. Sure. You yeah. know, like it's been a long time. It's been almost forty years.
0: Yeah, and this guy, yeah, he, like <coughs> arrested at sixty-one. So like, yeah, yeah. It's basically it spent forty years in the clear.
1: And also wild that he stayed in the province.
0: Yeah. Like, although, <laughs> though, admittedly, I think I think Mussini's on like I think it's on James Bay, maybe, and that. So. Oh, okay, it's so very. It's pretty far, far from from. From, pretty far yeah. from Toronto and pretty isolated, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's that, it's just amazing in that that uh, that they're able to do that and that and just like they it's interesting too because I guess they would have had to have like a, a sample of something. Um, yeah, I have a suspicion of what it might be, but yeah, yeah and then yeah, you no know, preserve it and be able to take DNA and then um,
1: and it not like getting damaged in the past. Yeah, forty years or yeah. whatever. It's kinda, yeah,
0: it's kind of yeah, it's kind of remarkable in that. So and the other thing I guess I think I've seen people online say like you know this guy killed two people like. Uh, Who's to say that he's not like the Winnipeg guy now? Yeah, but how he, many more? Are yeah, unsolved. he killed two people with within one year,
1: and he was that. like what in his 20s? In his like, yeah,
0: in his early 20s, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it could be interesting to see. Like I'm, I'm sure the police are obviously Toronto, and maybe across Ontario, are kind of looking like, is there any other cases, cold cases in that where yeah. they're kind of similar in that? So.
1: Oh, right, so this next one, a third suspect has entered a guilty plea in the 2017 Abbotsford homicide of Alexander Blanero. So here's the background. On December 28, 2017, just before 2.30 p.m., 24-year-old Alexander Blanero was shot to death in the 5300 block of Bates Road in Abbotsford. Police arrived on scene to find Blanero's body nearby a blueberry field. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team took conduct of the investigated investigation supported by Abbotsford, Abbotsford Police Department. The homicide was a targeted incident and believed to be drug-related. So in 2020, after an extensive three-year investigation, Islam Najim, Eric Raju, and Michael Schwinger were all charged with murder. And on October 2022 islam najim eric raju both entered guilty pleas in relation to the homicide and then on december 5th michael schwinger entered a guilty plea to accessory after the fact manslaughter so sentencing for all three parties is scheduled for early 2023
0: um do we think is this do we know this is part of like uh i guess 2017 i guess it still could like i don't know yeah the gang War affairs in BC have been going on for a long time, yeah. so... Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They didn't say anything about it in the in the press release yeah. from the integrated homicide investigation yeah. team, so
0: I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right, and before we go, uh, yeah, so this is, like, an issue that, um, yeah, it's, for us, like, what we try to do, we're, like, tracking statistics of homicides and also the individual ones and that, but definitely, like, the yeah, statistics and that. So... I think we've talked to, like I think you and I, Tammy, have talked about this like you know amongst ourselves uh, frequently. I don't know if we've talked about this. I think we might have talked a little bit uh, with a couple cases for uh, yeah. the podcast and that. But like I think like a, a Twitter follower uh, sent me a DM and was asking about this issue, and um, and I basically said, well, I got some opinions. Uh, so I guess I'll just get into it now. So fent- <laughs> fentanyl overdoses as murder charges. Um, so occasionally. Um, As of late, uh, some crown attorneys have charged dealers um, of overdose victims with manslaughter. In that, Um, I think there was a case recently. I think a Niagara with a seventeen-year-old woman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I've looked a bit in the stats recently, and like currently in Canada, the number of drug overdose deaths is very much larger than the number of homicides. Um, So, like, when you're tracking homicide statistics, it's a bit of a conundrum in that because um, you know you can sort of say like with fentanyl and that if you know, you're, you have a dealer and, you know, the fentanyl dealer gives you your drugs, you overdose, you die in that. Um, if we decided, um, that all those are murder charges, then mm-hmm. that would mean the number of homicides in Canada would be like triple quadruple, maybe quintuple wow.
1: and that. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah,
0: it's, 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 it's interesting for us, uh, statistically just because, um, Obviously, it's up to the crowns if they're going to charge that or not. But yeah, it re- it kind of changes things around because you could say like, you could have a city um, where a crown started charging that versus like a next door city where they didn't, and it would look like, you know, there was far more murders yeah. in your city than than the one beside it. In that, and you know, I would say like, you know, obviously I don't like fentanyl dealers um, <laughs> and that, um, but I don't know if it makes sense to 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 cause them as homicide or count them as homicides. Um, it also, it's a bit of a, like, which victims get charged and that. I think the recent um, Niagara one, it was a 17-year-old woman, um, you know, and I think, like, obviously that, like, somebody like that is probably going to get more likely to get charged than, like, some 50- or 5-year-old guy and that that's, like, you know, yeah. down on his luck and that and, like, long-time drug user and that. Um, I don't know. It's the other thing, too, is, like, I can see, like, the charge could be, too, where you say the dealer gave them fentanyl versus they thought they were getting something else. They were heroin or yeah. even cocaine. So you had fentanyl-laced uh, cocaine, which is certainly pop- popular now. and Even, like, I've heard marijuana and that oh, has been geez. laced with fentanyl in that. So uh, the one thing I'd say is, like, I don't know, basically I think at this stage almost everyone should assume, like, any drug you're getting has a possibility of fentanyl in that.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird, too, because I think, like, if you are buying drugs from somebody – you kind of know that there's You're, a possibility. Yeah, you know there's a possibility it might go, go wrong. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I don't know. Like in theory, like I could go to the LCBO and buy a giant like bottle of liquor and then drink it all in one night and, and, and die. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know. But no, you can't. No, no one's charging the LCBO cashier yeah. with, with murder in that case. and that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I guess the thing is, yeah, if somebody's selling someone, um, you know, marijuana and it's they lace it with fentanyl and that, and then somebody dies and that, then I don't know. I don't know exactly what the charge is. Like, obviously I don't think that's, that's good at all in that. Um, and I know like, you know, if I was a family member in that, I'd be, I would be angry in that, but it's like, it's kind of like a, yeah, it's a strange situation in the sense that it's, it's, you know, pretty arbitrary on who, on like who ends up getting charged and, that and you know, if, 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 and also like homicides, like, you know, compared to the U S it's not a lot of homicides in Canada. So like, you know, a, like a, like some charges in that can make like a big difference in that. So yeah,
1: and I do also think it has to do with the families because yeah. I'm sure some people are just like, well, we knew he had a drug problem. Or yeah, she had and a they're drug not, yeah, they're
0: not like you know they've had like a, a history in that, and you yeah. know it's it's obviously sad, but they're not they're not surprised in that. Whereas yeah, obviously if somebody is like a minor and yeah. it happens in that, then obviously I don't know maybe I I don't know I guess the thing is like. Uh, should dealers be dealing to minors? No, no obviously. Should they be dealing yeah. to anyone? No. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's kind of like a tough issue in that. And it's uh, I guess like yeah, and it's who 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 ends up getting charged? I think probably too is like if they have it, like they actually have like. Good evidence and like who supplied the drugs because like I think probably yeah. in a lot of overdoses no one knows who yeah. actually got gave them the drugs and that but I guess it, there's probably is in some cases where they actually do know maybe there's some text messages or something like that where they can connect the dealer and that um, but yeah it's uh, it's kind of an interesting issue for us um, I guess kind of a bit inside baseball in that because like we're obviously interested in the statistics and I think yeah no like obviously you kind of well, we all kind of care in that because like you know mm-hmm. if somebody says oh homicides have gone up in that. But it's mostly fentanyl overdoses and that. That's a little different than you know. Yeah. If there's a whole ton of murder suicides.
1: Yeah, or like shootings in yeah, your city. Yeah, shootings or in your whatever. city yeah. in
0: city and that. So yeah, it's I don't know. That's just kind of a an issue for us. And yeah, a couple like people have asked us about it. And and yeah, and it's obviously it's it's yeah, it's something that it's a bit arbitrary. And yeah, so okay. Uh, yeah, what do we got here? Uh, okay, right, we're at the end of the episode. So yeah, this was thirty two. I guess, episode 32. Yeah. All right, yeah. so, yeah. Uh, we're, we're recording this December 13th. Uh, yeah, so it should be up in, like, not that long. Uh, yeah, and just to reiterate at the end here, yeah, you can go to our website, homicidecanada.com. So, yeah, we try to have a poster for homicide, and then we also have got some pages in that for the provinces and the major municipalities. Uh, our email is info at homicidecanada.com, and you can tell us if we missed a murder in your municipality or province, or if there's anything else you'd like to say. Uh, And our Twitter is Homicide underscore Canada. Our DMs are always open. And also, you can go on Facebook or Instagram and just search Homicide Canada, and we should come up. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, until our next episode.